get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Congratulations on being a Hockey Hall of Famer. How was the ceremony? Uh, thanks, Alec. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know what? It, the ceremony was uh, was really good. But the, the highlight for me was, uh, you know, yeah, we had a family and friends dinner one of the nights, and then we, the Blues and Stars, put another night together. They they were fantastic to see all my old friends from St. Louis and Dallas come to it. Uh, all the guys I worked with and for, that was fantastic. So to me, the highlight was getting to spend time with family and friends and, and then especially getting to spend time with uh, Army and his staff and, and Jim Neal and his staff. That, that was really a lot of fun. Did it make you miss the game at all, Hitch, or did you say, heck no, I'm happily retired now? Well, I don't really think I'm retired. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working for Army. What I'm retired from is the travel, and i got to tell you guys – like, like the travel, you know, and maybe it's just because it, I started flying commercially to these events. But, <laughs> geez, the, the travel makes you know why you you are retired because it, it, it kicks the heck out of you. <laughs> what, what do you still love about being involved, Hitch? What, what do they have you doing uh, with the St. Louis Blues organization? If you can give us a little bit of insight into that. And what do you, what do you still love about being involved with the game? Uh, well, what I do is I, I work with Craig every off day. So every every non-game day, we're either touching base on practices, personnel changes, uh, adjustments from the game before. Uh, and then every Tuesday, I talk to the American League, Drew Bannister and his staff. So I, I, I do I, – I'm on the phone probably five, six times a week with either Craig or his staff. And, and then the same, you know, once a week with the American League guys. But – I, I really, um, you know, the things I miss are running practices and running the bench. Those are the two things that I miss, and I think I'm going to miss it until the day I'm not with anybody anymore. <laughs> but I, I love that part of it. And but I got to tell you, I do not miss the travel. And uh... <laughs> you said commercial flights. I understand why you don't miss that travel. We're talking with former Blues head coach and Hockey Hall of Famer Ken Hitchcock here on 101 ESPN, your home for the Blues. Hitch, when I when I watched your speech and just went through that ceremony, you know, I thought through your career, starting with Dallas and then with Philly and Columbus and then wrapping it up in Edmonton. How much of an impact did you feel like St. Louis made on your coaching career? Alex, you know, you know, where it really made a big difference for me was um, uh, it was it felt like I was back in Dallas again because it the 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 Blues we had a team of characters that had tremendous character and that was the same in in Dallas and so I, I felt like every year we were competitive as heck and every year we were right there you know and. You you, get, you want to give yourself a chance. Well, we gave ourselves a chance every year. You know, you can't 
you can't eliminate the goaltending that Crawford and Quick gave L.A. and uh, and Chicago, which was the small difference in our series. But man, for for six years we were really really competitive, and and we had a lot of character guys, and and we didn't get we didn't we didn't get out competed very often. We didn't get out worked very often, and that's something I was really really proud of. Hitch, when you think about that, I mean, we see the the stuff that takes place on the ice on game nights, but as a coach, and you see the stuff that's behind the scenes and the work that goes into it prior, how much of a team's success is dependent upon what you just said there with the character of the individuals that are involved within that team? It's huge because, you know, in order to win in the National Hockey League, you've got to do all the things that make you really uncomfortable and you've got to do them well. And we had a team that was willing to do that. You know, we had a team that would get in your face and stay in your face for 60 minutes and basically, you know, wear your will down. And we were really, really good at that for a long period of time. And after you get out of coaching or you go to another organization or you, you just sit back and take stock of it, that's, that's not easy to do. That's very unique. And, like I said, we we were a hundred point team every year, and and we deserved the record we got because we were so darn competitive, and we never got outworked. Very often, very seldom did we ever get outworked. Hitch, do you see less of that in the game today, and maybe not so much just in in the characters of a locker room, but more so the commitment to the style? Because it does seem like now with all of the the top talent that teams are selecting in the first round and top picks, it it, it seems like it's gone away from the four line and six defensemen and more so about one top line that that dominates games. Yeah, a little bit there. I'll tell you what I see is the teams that are really good right now and have been really good for a few years are the teams that the non-negotiable part that the coach wants. Like there's certain aspects of the game where the coach has to be non-negotiable on it. And the teams that buy into that, they're really having successful years again and again and again. And I think that's the hardest thing is to convince your players that the non-negotiable stuff has to be a strong buy-in. And if you get that, like say a team like Vegas or, or, or teams like that, when you get that element in your group, it, it's contagious and you can win for a long, long time. And you're always battling to find that as a coach. And I find right now that the five or six teams that have it in the league right now, they dominate and they, they control the hockey game. And that's something that we did in St. Louis was there was four or five things that the players knew that were non-negotiable and I wasn't willing to give up any ground on it. And, they, they they embrace that, and, and that's what made us successful. They embrace the non-negotiable side of things, and it, it gave us a very competitive advantage in a 60-minute game. What were some of those things for you, Hitch? What were the non-negotiables when you were the coach here in St. Louis? I can't tell you because I'd have to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you see the Blues following those things this year, your non-negotiables? I see signs of it. I see really good signs of the things that – you like to see, but we're not consistent enough, and that's what Craig and the staff is working hard on, and and they're they're really driving driving the bus in that element. But I see some of the non-negotiable stuff starting to come back into the group, and that's a really good sign. Do you do you see that being the most difficult part, Hitch, of taking a team that? has been good for such a long period of time and you know some of those players move on and then you get to that new era 
Is that the toughest part from a coaching and really a front office perspective of guiding the new group into those old habits? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 challenging because the reason the guy plays in the National Hockey League is because he's got skill and he's got a certain level of talent. But it's all the other stuff, uh, like I said, the non-negotiable or the work element part of it that makes him an NHL player. And what Craig's trying to do is make this team fill fill this team with NHL players, not just talent. And um, if you if you win that battle as a coach, then you win for a long, long time and you can stay competitive for a very extended period of time. If you lose it, then you're constantly scrambling to try to find it. And I see signs that he's starting to win that over, and that's a really good thing. Ken Hitchcock is our guest here on 101 ESPN. He's a Hockey Hall of Famer. He's a coaching consultant with the St. Louis Blues and, of course, was the head coach here in St. Louis for a number of years as well. Uh, Hitch, I did want to ask you a little bit about the defensive structure that the Blues have implemented this year. Uh, You know this stuff better than we will ever understand it. In terms of what they're trying to do and how it started versus where it is today, how would you say their defensive structure has gone so far this year with the changes that they implemented? Well, basically, using football terms, they've gone from man-on-man to zone coverage. And there's a certain responsibility. So the quadrants in the D-zone are cut into four four equal pieces. And then certain play, then those pieces are responsibility of the defenseman and the forwards. And you, you stay in that quadrant. And I think it's made them much more uh, dependable and much more... Uh, familiar with each other there's less big errors there's less chasing goes on um but it's it, it basically going from man to man to a zone coverage and i think that i i think overall they've done a really good job in in doing those things right i think that's 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 been really a, a strong suit of the team quite frankly since training camp when you were in coaching hitch did did you make an adjustment like this with any of your teams and if so how, how long does it typically take before you see like uh, the 100%, whatever the peak performance is within the new structure of the defense? I made two major adjustments as a coach. Uh, the first adjustment I made was in Dallas where I I, I coached the Euler way, which is what was called a full-court press or 2-1-2 pinch system. And we didn't have the foot speed to play that way in Dallas, so I, I backed off and went to a 1-2-2. And it, I, I stayed with that 1-2-2 for 11 years. And then when I went to uh, when I went to Columbus and I carried it into St. Louis, I defended using what was called numbers. You ceased being a positional player and you carried a number one, two, three, four, and five. And I stayed with that until the end of my coaching career, which I found really successful. And if you look at all of our teams, even the ones that didn't make the playoffs, we're always in the top ten in goals against. And I, I the number system is. Hard to teach, uh, hard to pick up, but if you get locked in on it, it's it's unbelievable because you give up nothing. But it, it takes a long time to get used to it, and it took me two and a half years in in, in Columbus to get it down where we were de- where it was really a strong suit of our team, and then I carried that into the six years in St. Louis. Hitch, uh, Doug talked about this last offseason, just, you know, being on the same page and wavelength as some of the younger generation as the generations of hockey has changed from what it used to be to what it is now. Do you see that as a challenge just in the National Hockey League now of coaches trying to find a way to communicate properly to those younger players? 
Uh, yes and no, guys. I think the number one element, the, the number one element that's changed, and people don't talk about it enough, is that what's changed for the players is they're they're more than willing to buy in, but they want to know what the end game is. They want to know if they buy in, what's what what is in it for them. What can they see as their benefits, and how is this going to turn out? They want the answers ahead of time now, and you got to be prepared to give them those answers. If you don't. They won't solicit a buy-in. And I guess the biggest element that's changed for me is the buy-in can be just as strong, but the selling has to start right up front. And they've got to know before you even say, this is how we're going to play, they've got to know what the benefits are for them, and you've got to be prepared to give them those answers. And some coaches can't. Some coaches can't give them the answers because they get offended by the player asking that question. But you can't be successful unless you're willing to give them all those answers before you begin the process. Hitch, this has been an absolute delight. I just have one final question for you, and thanks so much for spending some time with us today. If you could change one thing to today's game, and you can take that in any direction you'd like, what would you like to change? I would like to change three-on-three because I think we're losing it on on three-on-three. I think we've got to get more action at both nets. We've got to get more in-zone time, so I really like the way the game is now, but I would, I would really attack three on three, and and make it that you can't pull the puck back, and you can't delay the game, you can't stall it. Once you cross the red line, you got to stay on that side of the red line. I, I would want more penetration on three on three, and I think that uh, it would make the game more excitable for the fans because, quite frankly, some of the three on threes is you go you go five minutes, there isn't even a scoring chance. I don't think what the that's what the fans are sitting around waiting for. They want to see the excitement back in it like there was when we first started it. Absolutely. Ken, once again, this has been an absolute pleasure. I uh, I say all the time that, you know, I was a hockey fan prior to you coming to St. Louis, but getting to cover your time in St. Louis really molded my hockey knowledge. Um, and I thank you for that. A hockey Hall of Famer, you truly are a delight to talk to. So once again, congratulations to you and your family. Thank you for taking some time out and doing this with us. And I know we'll be seeing you in St. Louis real soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on.